podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Sissoko finally waited. Ericsson, low, great ball into the middle. What a save by Heaton. Tonight's Davison Sanchez, Lucas Moura. And belted into the net, brilliant goal. On debut, Tungay Ondombele has scored the equaliser for Spurs. Lucas Moura clips it. Oh, great goal! Stephen Bergwijn has arrived in North London! That is absolutely incredible on debut! Oh, yay! What a finish for 3-2 from Serge Aurier! First time here to Son. Kane, good area for Spurs. And Kane's not afraid to shoot. Wow, what a goal, Harry Kane. That is exceptional. Try and place it. Wonderfully taken by Eric Lamella. Never afraid to take on a shot, and with good reason. Terry in the Burnley back line, and Son breaks forward. Oh, wow, what a run. Yemin Son from inside his own half has scored one of the best goals of his Spurs career. Welcome, welcome, and good evening to uh, another New Spurs Order pod brought to you under the touchline Fracker banner. Um, it's a weird mood, I can't even lie. Like, usually, when I play the intro for this in the background, I can usually see Yao or someone else dancing to the to the intro music, but there's none of those vibes this evening, unfortunately. But um, we'll see how we crack on. Uh, I'll be your host, X Pack, and uh, as I just mentioned, we have Scott Hall. How are you doing? I'm well, thank you very much. Uh, there is uh, some cooking. Um, that needs to be done, but we, we will get into it. Cool. And uh, I'm also joined by Booker T. How you doing, man? Yeah, not too bad, man. Not too bad. Um, I understand you've been listening to a bit of B2K on the throwback. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, I'm doing all right. Not not great after yesterday, but hey, mate, here we go again. Eh? Yeah, I hear that. So uh, we might as well get straight into it. Obviously, we... Um, played Chelsea at the bridge last night at the time of uh, recording. Um, there was a little bit of hope going into this game, but obviously that quickly got dashed. Um, Tops, if you want to get into it, how do you feel like we started the game? Like, How did you feel about the, the starting lineup initially before the events transpired? And then what did you think um, of, the, say, the first uh, 25 minutes, if you would like to kindly break that down for us? Um, how did I feel about the the starting lineup? I mean, I, the starting lineup I wasn't super super convinced by, but I, you know, based on the reports that come out about certain people um, not passing late fitness tests and um, other players maybe being affected by COVID, we were always going to have um, some players missing in some key areas, namely Regulon and. Um, Eric Dyer. Um, so based on how that you know that Conte's kind of got us playing, um, I wasn't really enthused at the thought of having um, three players at the back, two of which are, are really in in no way at all ball playing. Um, so that was my that was my biggest concern. Um, and also um, number two starting, which I mean, to be honest with you, any time he starts, <laughs> I expect near or nothing um, coming down his flank. Um, looking at the Chelsea team, you know, having watched them um, on the weekend against Liverpool, um, I was really impressed by Cover and Kante, but I didn't really think that either would start today just because of the 90 minutes that they played. And, you know, like... Like so, neither of those two started, which kind of gave me a bit of confidence. Saul was on the starting; he was in the starting team. Lukaku, amid everything, you know, um, he was in the starting team. And they even went with Saar, who hasn't played that much this season for them. So I, I thought on the basis of things, if we were, if it was, if there was going to be a night, it would probably be like you know tonight that we could really go at them. Um, but oh, was I to be? Completely, completely disappointed. Um, where do I start? 
we absolutely had no control in the first 20, 25 minutes of the game. Um, they seemed to be quicker to everything. Um, first to all the second balls. They were passing a lot better than us. Um, they seemed up for it. It seemed like a, a derby that they wanted to win. A semi-final that they wanted to win. Um, and obviously as well in the first uh, few minutes what would be quite a stupid error um, from, you know, the pass from, well, maybe not maybe not so much from Sanchez to uh, Tanganga, but Tanganga not overhitting his pass, Emerson not reaching the pass quick enough. You know what, even let me go back to the fact that um, Hoybier played it into an area that allowed yeah. um, Davis to Sanchez to be, to be pressed in the first place. I don't know um, why he but, did that, man. I, I, I have no idea. Like we'll talk about him later, but you know, again, putting players who are very who clearly not technically, you know, strong and te- technically technically confident in positions or areas where they're gonna be even more or less confident, um, opened it up and obviously uh, we conceded that early goal. Um to which we then conceded another stupid goal from a set piece. Um I mean, is it that that one was a bit unfortunate, uh, but again, it was from a stupid foul. That was needless from Ben Davies on that on that left hand channel. Um, I think yeah, the foul was from yeah. Sanchez for the second. It, oh, excuse me, it was from Sanchez from who actually did good work to uh, win the ball back from uh, Lukaku, and then to uh, follow up with a stupid foul where, um, having not been in control of the ball, um, tries to win it back by kicking or. Hacking down Lukaku. I mean, yeah. All in all, I'm not going to lie. It was there was nothing to be proud of in that first 20, 25 minutes. That first half. I mean, no, there's nothing that I could really look at and put my hat on and say, okay, we've done this well. We've done this well. It was largely quite an abject first half for me, to be honest. This is what I mean. Like, I even thought going into the game, especially with everything surrounding. Um... Chelsea as well. We they they were a team to be got at, but I think for us, Chelsea are clearly a better team and they're on the home patch. Yeah, of course, but I feel like they they could have been got at if we were just brave. So I feel like more than there being um, a technical gap between the two teams, if we were if we were just brave, we could have actually got at them. But yeah, it kind of epitomised the whole first half when. Um, when we just weren't paying, like we weren't playing any passes with any zip, with any kind of forward thinking, we're not even getting a head up like it. Um, Fitmized it as well with Hoybier on the halfway line to start off that whole move for for Chelsea's first goal. Like when I watched that back, I couldn't believe my eyes when he had the ball in space, uh, Hoybier. Then he had two options to his left. He literally shifted it. To angle a pass out there, it, the passes were both on, clear as day. And then he turned back and turned back again, and then played on the hit pass back, and it just invited pressure from the jump. So, um, yeah, Tanganga as well, he was poor. Um, but yeah, it's a shame. Like, we, we just didn't turn up mentally whatsoever. Uh, Yao, uh, would you? echo a lot of those sentiments and how would you have broken down that first half? Ah, how would I have broken down this first half at Stamford Bridge? Another ground in which we don't have a good record. Um, Mr. Pierre-Emerick Hoy Nosource Berg. A couple of weeks ago, uh, in the previous year, I was on a podcast with Young X-Pac and um, i just mm. come back from a game and I told him, this guy, is he, he's done, he's cooked. This was, this was a month in the making or even a month or two in the making. Yesterday, if anyone had any questions or any doubts, yesterday should have been the final straw. Should have been the proving point that this guy, this apparent Viking warrior, liar, habitual line stepper, needs to make sure he never wears a shirt again. But I'm very much aware 
that we cannot get rid of him as easily as it would be for me to delete certain players on eFootball or FIFA. So in regards to his performance, I believe he will be one of very few people in my life to receive this first award. Um, and I believe he should be proud of this award that he's about to receive. He's the first to receive a Maguire out of 10, which means he was absolutely dog crap. Yeah. Maguire out of 10. A Maguire out of 10. That is what he's just received. A Maguire out of 10. He's the first to be initiated with such a nonsense rating. Another player who I think, I know he's one of our own and I know Spurs fans love to hold sentimental values for those that come through the ranks, but I don't generally give a flying crap. Tanganga, pack your bags because you know where you're supposed to be, young lad. I don't even want a loan move for you. I want you gone. Top of the stairs, make your way down to the bottom. Your time is up. Positionally, I don't understand how somebody who's been groomed, trained in the professional game just doesn't understand the position. It feels like the position he was given within his own family, he's confused as to where it is. He doesn't know his way around the pitch. The ball is there. Please do not get drawn to the ball. Focus on the man and the assignment that's been given to you. Therefore, the player cannot just peel off you. But time and time again, we see them getting peeled off. Yes, he had a good game against Sterling. Like I've said many times, anyone can have a moment in life. But when you're crap, eventually mm. you will stink. And that's what the biggest problem has been with Spurs. We have too many players. And I could go through the list. And the first half exposed this because apparently this was meant to be a strongish Spurs team. Strongish. We have too many players in our squad that the level in which they play at is equivalent to a team that potentially fighting relegation from the Premier League. And we're supposed to be Tottenham Hotspurs, one of the big six. We cannot be labouring with this crap that is hoy, no source, Tanganga, the likes of bloody, this variant that, I mean, you know who's going to get the blame? And I don't do this often because nine times out of 10, I defend managers. But Conte, you're holding the blame for this one because this is mayhem. This is this is as bad as the day Poch woke up and decided Son should be left wing back. This is This is horrific. You went to Chelsea. And mind you, two managers in the last five years have done this against Chelsea. Poch played Son at left wing back. And that kid ended up giving a penalty away, which cost us an FA Cup semi-final. He, and then Conte decides to play variant. This non-existent human being at left wing back. What for? We don't need to put him on the shop window. Nobody's buying him. We need to let him go for free. We don't need to advertise these players. The world knows these players are crap. We need to sell these players. The problem is, it's the January window. It's not the summer window where teams are not playing. It's the January window. It's halfway through the season. How are we going to get rid of this crap and get in some good players to see us through to the end of the season so that we can make good in the summer? Because that's where, 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 I don't want to say the word, but but we're at that point, innit? If this is mm. if it's a crisis, we're here, innit? We're not far. We're close to knocking on the door of madness. Yeah, I've seen I've seen the quotes from Conte saying that, you know, mm. you know, I've seen the quotes. There's some scathing quotes. I like those quotes. I like those quotes. Really, really honest, honest but, quotes. But I've I've seen those quotes before. I've seen mm -hmm. I've seen those quotes from Jose. I've seen them quotes from, from Poch. I didn't see them from Nuno because he's not a real manager. He doesn't exist, doesn't count. And Jose was a dinosaur, and we've established that. Yeah, and Jose, Jose can, may have been a dinosaur, but the common denominator here is some of these players haven't left since Poch. Poch had the same complaint to the board. Jose had the same complaint to the board. Conte now has the same complaint to the board. They're not good enough. 
I mean, I'm not going to lie. It's looking like uh, one common denominator, but that's for another. That's that, that, that's for another podcast. It's for another we day. We can get into it. We'll, that's we'll no, 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 in, it's for another we'll, day. We'll get into the quotes as well as um, as the upcoming window as well. Um, definitely, the quotes as potent as they were need to be need to be addressed. But um, with Conte probably rightly getting a bit of criticism for the lineup and you know how he set up the team, I think Tuchel definitely done, done him with the. With the tactical switch, does he get a bit of credit for switching it up second half? Uh, going to a four at the back, which I don't think we're going to see often from him over his tenure. He doesn't tend to like doing it. Um, and bringing on Undombele four variant to give us a bit more thrust in the second half. I'll just say, would he, would he get any credit for that? I mean... I- Yes, like the one, the one sort of point that I have about Conte that kind of sometimes worries me is because he's so used to playing. Well, previously he's always used at Chelsea. It was it was largely three four three, and then at Inter it was mixed between three four two one and three five two, and kind of it worried me at the start when he came when he when he started at Spurs and it looked like we were playing lots of three four three, and I was always a bit worried that maybe he wasn't too big on changing his systems so it's actually kind of positive that he's seen that the way we set up in that first half it wasn't working Mm. and um, we needed to maybe like we did in the end get some more men some more manpower in that midfield to try and keep control of the ball and use the ball a bit better as opposed to funneling it through to the flags where we had poor players like Eberson and Doherty wasting the passes. And then obviously, if we did go through the middle, where people like Kane, Son and Lucas were constantly flooded with with men around them. So at least by bringing on Ndombele, we had, um, we went to a back four, which is kind of, which was kind of good um, because it allowed us to kind of play a bit more centrally and then get Ndombele on the ball to kind of pull us further up the pitch. But then again as well, you know, we didn't really create that much clear chances. But I mean, in my opinion, it's just good to see that he recognises that, okay, if something's not working, how can I change it? And actually, if I need to change it, do I need to change it much more differently to what I'm normally used to? And, and he did. But I mean, again, it really does fall down to, you know, a number of things, just basic technical level, um, how the players apply what's being coached to them and just general effort, you know? Um, a mixture of those three were basically at mm. little or nothing yesterday. Um, just, just so being brave on the ball. You know, anything that he, anything he changed, would have made an inkling of a difference. But you know, I mean, I, I watched the whole, I watched the half of shame from it, from, from Hoiberg in that second half. I, I, I really did. I, every ball this guy was 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 being given, he made look difficult to receive. He made look difficult to trap it. And then when we was asking him to help play us out, he was constantly giving it away, constantly putting us under even more pressure when we weren't even under pressure in the first place. I mean, it must be so frustrating as a other midfielder playing alongside next to him, knowing that every time he receives the ball, there's a 50, 60% chance that you're probably going to lose it. He is trash, you know. Seriously. I, I mean, I, I mean uh, like, he, he made... Sal Niguez, he made these guys look good. Like he was getting completely ragdolled in that midfield yesterday by those guys. What I'll say about what I would say about Sal, not to say that he's a great player or anything like that, but this underlines for me the gulf in technical ability from other leagues. Sal Niguez may have not had a great time in this league, but you can tell the gulf between him and that that mid guard. Of a, of a human being, yeah, is night and day because he didn't have to do much to disrupt the flow of this average midfielder. And when he did get the ball, he looked sublime. He looked cultured <laughs> because it's, it's, it's embedded in him. Yeah. Is and there it's any... funny as well, like, just going back to what Owen said as well, like, it's, you know, one thing I always think as well is that, like, as football players, you know, I'm not pro. Uh, I've played at an okay level, but 
as football players, the basis to which you have the basic level is your technique. Is, is your technique right? Your ability to be able to receive the ball, your ability to be able to pass the ball, be it short, be it long, just generally retaining the retaining the ball at your possession, right? If you're like a fairly cultured player, if you're a player who's maybe grown or like they've developed their game and their basis of their game has been in ball retention, like say someone like um, Saul, who's a Spanish player in Atletico, that's your bread and butter. That's, that is your bread and butter. But if it's something that you have to kind of develop or you have to try and get better, the minute you're in a hostile environment, aka away to Chelsea, the minute you're up against a team who's ready to press you and ready to make your life difficult, make your decision-making difficult, automatically you're going to start to do absolutely the least amount of your capability. And not only are you going to do the least amount of your capability, but you're actually going to start to feel that every time you do something, you might do it wrong. Hence this notion that you start almost shying away, you start not wanting to receive the ball, you're scared that when you do receive it, you're probably going to lose it. And again, that's a lot of what happened yesterday. You get players who are okay footballers just hiding, behaving in cowardly fashion when they're on the ball, feeling as if they're completely rushed, as if they don't know what they're doing. And it's difficult as well because you can't expect this from, you know, the young ones, the skips, the Tangangas, the Emersons, because, again, they're still learning their craft per se. But then I look at players like Hoybier, who's an experienced international, played across different leagues, played at different levels, and to watch him perform at the level that he did yesterday, it really does question, like, what kind of players are we putting out to represent the football club? It, 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 really, makes you, it really makes you question. I, I look at someone like, look at Son yesterday, just Poor. hiding, hiding, not wanting to receive the ball when he received it, didn't do anything with it, not getting into areas that he would normally get into, and then rightly so, hauled off, you know, there's it's very, very frustrating, you know, and this notion, I know we keep saying it, this notion of being a coward or hiding, especially at pro, at pro level, it's just unacceptable. It's unacceptable. And honestly, when Conte comes out and says what he does, as a manager who's been at the top, won the lot, it must he must be like, God, so this is what it's like to manage players at this level. This is what it's like to actually be with a team you know the players that you're asking them things that you're asking the players to do they can't do it's 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 utterly frustrating and because as well being an Italian he just doesn't hide his emotions in his face he's looking at him thinking fuck me what have I come into <laughs> just before we move on to his post match uh, press conference comments how do we move on from this because I still I'm still Jones in for a three-five-two. I'm still Jones in for Hoybier to come out of the team. I think he needs a rest as well. To be honest, I think he'll he needs to be sacked better. <laughs> and we know he's not going to get sacked. Ah. So minimum, he he's going to need a rest. He can come down the stairs. He can sit on the stairs and rest. There we go. No, no, no. no. That's, that's for people that have to leave the club. He has to sleep outside of the the stadium. I got time for him to be on the stairs. Nonsense. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, yeah, uh, for me, yeah, I would say we need to go for three five two. I only see Lucas Mora as well as uh, as a super sub, and we need to try and incorporate more of a, a midfield base with players who are braver on the ball. Um, even yeah. if we incorporate Tongi into that to play the more advanced midfield role when he only lasts sixty minutes, fuck it. Like, um, yeah, we just do that and then bring Lucas Mora on as a sub. Well, this is the worst thing yeah, in the world, yeah, okay. but. Exactly. I mean, to me, that doesn't sound like the worst thing in the world, you know? That doesn't sound like the worst thing in the world. Um, yeah, would you say that? Do you have a 3 5 2 yeah, or are we just going to overhaul the whole uh, 11 I, in January? I I think, well, it's, I mean, I'd love to. I really would. I but, know you would. Um, I, honestly, I don't know how much... A three-five-two saves us. It puts extra bodies in the midfield, and yes, in parts in which we've seen it, we've, I guess, be in more control of the game, uh, but we don't do much with it, and that's where my problem is. So, 
we'll probably have more possession um, due to the formation, um, but we just won't look like we could score, um, which is frightening. And then that means we have to be very good defensively for 90 minutes, which is also frightening. I don't know what the solution is. Hoiberg definitely needs to be dropped. I never want to see Tanganga in the starting lineup till he's got a whole Premier League season under his bag. Mm. Um, with he another needs a loan move. Well, he, he, does he, need he, he doesn't need to be in a top show right now. I don't need to he see needs, that. Desperately, he, need, he needs a loan move. Desperately. Um, I also think that if we're talking, if we're talking like selling players right now, obviously with the links that's been made, I would 100% go for um, Lamptey because I think we, mm. we need an assured right wing back. I'm going to make a suggestion. I think I made this suggestion before, um, but I'm going to make this suggestion again. I think Brian Hill should get a start. And I think he should start a left wing back. Mm-hmm. Because I, mean, I saw enough. But if if we're talking if we're talking switching of players, if it's a three five two, I wouldn't mind him even being in the Son role. He's got a better touch than Son in terms of like taking the ball under control. Yeah. He's got a better touch than Son, and he seems to not be afraid to actually take on players, to actually mm-hmm. run at them. And say, look, I'm gonna make you turn around and have to chase me. He's not afraid to do that. So I'd I'd swap him out for for Son. Like, not to say that I've got this hatred for Son now. Nah, I mean, you know, he might have a little bit of of money in the bank still. But yeah, I ain't got time for it. There's a lot. Of yeah, teams. I mean, I could see that working with Son in the team with Hill behind him as well. To be fair, and yeah. then you've actually got someone on that left channel that, like you say, can dribble. Um, but yeah, I, th- I expect Sergio will get uh, minutes in our next game. So we are playing Morecambe next at home. Um, what's the yeah, point? We'll... You could you could put Harvey White in, in that game, and we'll probably roll it over. Listen, the 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 importance of a season is how you fare in the big games. Yeah, yeah. Most most of the small games or the games that you're supposed to win by default, you should get over the line. But the big games whether they be in a cup or whether they be in the league, are the, the standpoint as to where your season could or is likely to go. And judging on this season, we we had a very defensive but routine jammy win over Man City because they were under powers. Um, we had a good performance against Liverpool. That was a very good team performance I felt and we were unfortunate to not get the win but that is unfortunately the history between the two clubs that we can have a good performance and still not get the win um, we've lost 3-0 or 3-1 I think it was 3-0 to Chelsea we lost 3-1 to Ars Anal and um, we lost 3-0 to Crystal Palace we lost to these guys consecutively by the way this was back to back to back defeats we've now just lost 2-0 to Chelsea in the League Cup we're about to face Morecambe our next opponent is Arsenal and then we've got Leicester sandwiched in between and then we've got Chelsea again big man this listen I'm glad I wasn't born in January because this month would be a write-off for my birthday an absolute write-off I was born in January, so yeah, yeah. thank you for, I pr- I, for ruining pray, my year. I pray already. that you have a good birthday because this is not looking <laughs> good. It's looking shagagas. Um, uh, yeah, that, that Fisher congestion is looking peak. Obviously, we've um, just had the news today that they rearranged the Leicester game, uh, which is going to be away, which is going to be right in between playing Arsenal and Chelsea in the league. So... Um, mm-hmm. For those that said that we were getting that extra rest, we're fully paying for Leicester, who actually cancelled the game in the end. So, yeah, we're not getting any advantage from these postponed games at all. Because um, fitness-wise, I've got to say, our players look dreadful as well. But, yeah, we'll see I don't what know these... How, uh, how, how did our players start to look so dreadful? I don't know. 
because honestly, I was hoping if we were going to benefit from any game, it would be last night's one. Obviously, we've had better rest than Chelsea, who have just gone through a bit of uh, a COVID situation themselves, which actually gave me confidence going into the game. Um, but yeah, wasn't to be. Um, but yeah, fair play to them. Fair play to them. They're just a better team. And yeah. really intrigued. They should have walked it like four or five nil in the end. Like even with a adjustment, they create chance after chance. Um Timo Werner is Timo Werner though, and we, we got away with that. Um yeah, two nil it finished, and Conte came out in the post-match press conference afterwards with um a few comments which some super harsh. Um I don't agree with that. Whatsoever, tops. How did you read his uh, his comments and the sentiments he he wanted to put across with those comments? I mean, being who he is as well, I feel like he just had to be honest. Um, that's one thing that we do know. Um, Conte always is. He's ever since he's been at the club, um, he's been very frank about where he believes the club is. He's been very frank about what he thinks the club is doing. Um, and again, you know, even after two, two and a bit months now, all he can do is be honest in his evaluation of the team. All he can do is be honest in his evaluation of what he thinks the players are capable of. And obviously, I think one of the biggest things that he keeps alluding to is this notion that the club is in a rebuild moment. Um and actually, what is going to happen in the club is not something that can be changed in January or in the summer. It really is a bigger sort of project. Um, don't know. I can't, I, I can't really be sure what to make of all this because knowing his record as a manager in terms of his contract lengths and how he how he generally operates doesn't seem to be at clubs for very long. So I'm not sure if he's the person that would necessarily be involved or be interested in in even entertaining um, being someone to lead a rebuild. Um, one thing that is clear with everything that's being said by Conte is that it's certainly not going to be a quick fix. And um, we know how we operate as a club on our self-sustainable or self-sufficient model. We know that we like to make sure that we make the right sort of movements in the transfer market. Uh, be it however big or small, we we end up doing. So I really don't know where we're going to go in terms of this January transfer window um, because, you know, lots of Conte's comments have always been predominantly about us getting that space in the top four and whether we can, you know, get players to improve the, the quality of the squad in January, which is already a rubbish market. I don't know. Um I think for me, I think I just something about the comments gives me gives me the feeling that he's kind of giving like um, subliminal messages to the management or Daniel Levy essentially that you're disillusioned about where you wish to be if you want to operate the way you operate. Mm. That's what I, that's what I essentially think he's kind of alluding to. He's almost saying you brought me in and you want me to do something good. But at no, at no cost am I going to be able to do anything good if you're not willing to support me in doing so. <laughs> and if you wish to, and if you wish to feel that is what you want me to do, well, you need to look at it and be honest that this is a way bigger job than you're actually making it out to be. You know, I'm not laughing at you, Tots, by the way, Booker T, my brother. <laughs> I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing. I mean, because this is a broken record. We've been here before with you know, so many like, managers. Like, it's... if Levy, and I'm saying if because I can't predict the future, but the future, based on past equations, says he's going to F this up. He's going to royally F this up. And you're spot on. The message from Conte is subliminal, but it's loud and clear. Yeah, if you if people don't understand, you know, managerial talk, I'll give you the subtext of it for those of you that are listening. He basically said these men are crap. 
Yeah. <laughs> we need to get rid of them. Yeah. Because you want me to do a job to get us into the top four. And I'm dealing with men that are potentially on their way to a relegation battle. Yeah. This is horrible. And I don't blame him. But if you check the history of Spurs, many managers, many managers have complained the exact same way he's complaining. The difference is, the big difference in this is, is that probably under most of those managers, we had Steve snitching. We all know that mm -hmm. he's a snitch. Um, it's been proven that this guy's a snitch, hence his new title. Um, and because of Steve snitching, he didn't want certain people to excel. So anytime, you know, managers were trying to come through and get their people in, snitching had to cancel that. I mean, but now we have Conman Paratici. I call him Conman because I know he does a bit of fraud. You know, and some of the top clubs, the way they operate is within fraud. I just feel like it's our time to be fraudsters and get some of these players over the line the fraudulent way. You know, when people ask, oh, how did my man come to that club? Why has he gone to Spurs? What have they done? That's what I want to hear in the background. I mean, and I want to hear that, raw Spurs sold Hoiberg to Man City for 30 million. Raw, that's a con artist. That's what I expect fraudulent activity to take place. I don't want us to be fraud, frauded anymore. We've been frauded many times in my life, but now it's for us to be the fraudsters. Paratici is catching a case for this already, by the way. So we're, we're I mean, going to have to life. be quite careful with this. That's that's life. If we that's know life he's capable of it, so we'll, we'll see what happens on that front. Listen, Man United have been frauding the league for, for decades, yeah? We just have to do what we have to do to make it happen. Make it happen. That's all I'm saying. Well, Man United, to be fair, have probably the sec. I think it's the second most expensive squad ever assembled, and yet they're in the pits with us. So I wouldn't want us to behave just like them. That's because fair, they didn't win El Sacchio. Sometimes, look, when you don't win certain things, exactly. Yeah. We've already, we've already won a trophy this season. El Sacchio was a massive, a massive <laughs> coup, bro. Yeah. A massive W for us. Hey, listen, listen. When <laughs> when when the pen came from Sky Sports that we had lost three no, and I saw it. I was like, you know what? I'm going to go to the pub and have myself <laughs> a bloody drink. Because it was fantastic. What? You mean to tell me my team lost and I celebrated? I most certainly did. Yeah? <laughs> and then when I saw the footage of Nuno getting booed as he made us up, I said, oh, God, you have filled my heart with joy. You filled it with joy. I was so happy. So Man United can be in the in the dumps for all I care. That's their own fault for winning El Sacchio. Well done. Good luck to them. Mm. Yeah, um, Conte was also, I think he was asked something about the window and um, he was pretty much quoted as saying, yeah, like, if you think this January transfer window is going to fix it, I'd be lying. We need to work. We need to be patient, which are those, those last two words are sentiments I was really encouraged by because... I was I was even myself getting scared that he would probably leave us in the summer purely because he was just fed up with uh, with too much mess that we've created just mm -hmm. through being mm -hmm. so reactive. Um, I do think Levy is going to back him, um, but I think we're probably going to end up having to wait till the summer for the bulk of that. Um, but yeah, man, I was just encouraged to hear Conte say that he was willing to to work with these players for the most part with obviously the uh the intent to add to it at a later time and it has been rumored it has been rumored by some sources that mm -hmm. we're gonna go big in the summer but we all yes. know to take that with a pinch of dog shit because we know that, <laughs> that we've been lied to many times by this club so we'll see how much big apparently yeah i think summer. levy's just got his back to the wall now to be honest i think he's got nowhere else to go other than spend obviously we know we've got fans in stadiums so really and truly everyone's going to be on his neck anyway whether conte's here or not to to be proactive in the market but we'll see um obviously that's a kind of um a good segue to move on because we are now in january the window is now open and uh the athletic um, kind of reported that we are still intending and ooming and ahhing about a move for Adama Traore 
to convert him as a right wing back uh, for a fee of 20 million. Um, if I didn't say that already, because his contract's up uh, summer after next. Uh, this is a man who has still got zero goals and assists this season, I understand. Um, Tops, what are your initial thoughts on Adama Traore as a right wing back? Obviously, ideally, you'd probably want Lamptey, but, you know, I've, I've, I, you know about a half price I've made, one. I've made myself kind of clear that I just don't see, I personally just don't see the upside, purely because you're asking someone to to do three things, essentially. You're asking him first to completely improve his output, be it assists or goals, right? Number one. Number two, you're asking him to essentially change his position, the position that he's been trained in, the position that he's basically played his whole career. And three, you're now asking him to add another facet of his game, which is essentially being a decent or a somewhat competent defender to his, to his game when he basically hasn't ever really been asked to be a competent defender. So there's three things that I think already are, are kind of working against it. Can Conte change it? Probably. He's a tier one coach. He's got the ability. He knows how he can get certain players in the past. He's done it to Moses. I know that when he was at Inter, he did it to Perisic. Um, so if there is one person that can do it, it's going to be Conte. Mm-hmm. I just, uh, I just feel that for a player who offers basically lots in between the defense and the attack, but not much on either side, just doesn't really appeal to me. Um, and even at a, a twenty million, what they're calling a snip, uh, I'd rather just save the money and, and spend it on a Basuma. In the summer, I, I I really would. Or or mm. if you are going to go for Lamptey, go for him in the summer. Or like a Mazrui, go for him as well. I mean, there's there's players who are specialists that can do these roles. I know we are, we signed a specialist in in number two, but he wasn't a very good one. Okay, <laughs> sometimes sometimes these transfers don't go well, but I just don't see what would be the upside in signing someone to do that job now. What if we what if we do sign him? Someone could say the upside could be that we sign him, we turn him into an right B, uh, a right wing back for this season. Then in the summer we sign a competent right wing back, and then we have a winger or a sort of forward waiting in the wings in Traore um, to support. Again, I still don't feel that he's even at the level for where we as a club want to be. If you if it was I don't know ASM, you convince me. You mm. could probably you could probably twist my arm, but Adama Traore, uh, I'm gonna need to see it to believe it. Um, so you're so saying I'm yeah? Not, whilst, whilst I'm not gonna be like absolutely no, I just don't mm. I just don't see how it would work. And if it does work, you'd have to like convince me. Yeah, would you? Uh, would you echo that? And uh, I guess overall, like, would you see us? even realistically doing any good business in January? Because we've got uh, rumours for other players as well, as he again um, mentioned earlier, Fabrizio Romano says, okay, I don't know the name, but I am told they are going for a centre-back. And um, there's been heavy rumours for a player called Matthias Fanberg of um, Bologna. I believe he's a midfielder. I haven't seen him play or anything, but if it's Serie A and Paratici is going to be all over it, isn't he? So, yeah, overall, how do you feel about Adama Chawere coming to right wing back? And do you think we're going to be doing any realistically good business in January? Um, regarding realistic good business in January, the answer would be no, because uh, our January transfer window history has been absolutely crap. So, As it is with every team, though. Uh, no, because Liverpool once signed Van Dyke halfway through the season, so <laughs> we've we've never even come close to anything that good. Never. Good point to be fair. So, so no. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't trust the club to do anything good in January. Um, regarding um, 
what probably our best one would probably be Lucas. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, I'm sure he's a nice guy, seriously. Um, and it's nice that he provides for his family. Uh, but I, I just don't care. Because he's, he's, he, he just doesn't do enough for me. Um, with regards to Dharma, flat out, I do not want this freaking Mr. Universe, Muscle Universe, baby oil dude at my club. I do not want him <laughs> anywhere near. You mean to tell me you're that big and... To gain an advantage, the kit man baby oils you up before. I'm, are you okay, bruv? Are you all right? Like, seriously, that's that's the length you have to go to to try and get an advantage over your opponents because you don't have the footballing IQ to do such things? Nah, I don't want this guy at the club. But I've conceded defeat. It's inevitable. <laughs> I'm going to get this guy. It is inevitable that we are going to get this guy. Now, I'm going to ask you a question, Owen. Yeah. Would you start Lucas? Lucas Mora? No. At right wing back? Um, I. Ooh. Wait, 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 wait. Let me finish the question. Would you start him at right wing back if he weighed about 250 pound pure muscle? And could run at the same speed that he's running right now. So I should apologize because I thought you were going to ask, would I start Domachoro with Lucas Mora? Uh, that would be a definitive no. Um, I would at least try if if we're looking to try and sign someone of a Domachoro's profile at right wing back. I would at least try and start Lucas Mora right wing back first. Mm-hmm. See how that goes, and if need be. Um, either Lucas Moore or Bergbine, by the way. I think either of them could be better than Emerson Royale's currently um, putting out a right wing back. Um, I would at least try that before making a move for Adama Traore, but yeah, I don't know. I just don't see him doing it. And For me, um, overall, I've acknowledged this is definitely a panic buy for a short-term gain rather than Obviously, waiting to sign a much more adequate right wing back, right? But if Conte wants him, then I'm open to it. I I don't know who wants him. I don't. Like I've got to the point with Spurs where if if I hear that people say the manager wants him, I don't believe it now. <laughs> it could be it could be Fabio Conman that wants him. It could be. Don Levy that wants him. It could be anybody in that club that has watched this guy and thought, you know what? He terrorises us every time we face Wolves. I'd rather have him in our team than have to face him. That's what it feels like. It feels like that kind of purchase. But he doesn't do anything against us either, really. He had one good game against us and... uh... Well... That was it. I'd say he looks most dangerous when he's been playing in the middle of the striker as a winger, so as a player that gets chalk in his boots and tries to create from that position. He's been ninety-nine point nine 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 99.9999% ineffective. Listen, I watched the Wolves, Wolves United game. Yeah. And there was I I had people on Twitter saying oh, look at the drama he caused United. It was his cross that led to the goal. Okay. Listen, people. His cross did not find a man. Yeah? It found a United player that done the right thing and cleared their lines. The Wolves player done the right thing as well and followed up that clearance and punished him for where he cleared the ball. Mm. That's all that happened. I don't want to hear man's incomplete cross led to a goal. But do you know what was the best moment for me? Literally a couple minutes later, Adama Traore breaks on United, turns back, and with the entire stadium at his beck and call, picks out a United player. Big man there in a red shirt, 
You are in yellow, gold even at that. How did you manage to pick out a United player when you had the whole freaking pitch to even slide it back or give it to one of your players? That, for me, is a bona fide idiot and somebody you don't trust in your kitchen because they will burn it. No, I do not want this guy. <laughs> Correct. I'm just trying so, to think about that. Like that Conte tax is heavy. It's too heavy. It's very, it's very, very heavy. This is a this is a this is a left field thought. Having watched that Man United game, um, I'm probably gonna I don't know I'm probably gonna get slated for this, but I, I quite like the look of Max Kilman. Hell no. Don't the, reason go I, there. the reason I say so. The We're gonna say don't so. go there. This the is how we got screwed the last time. So. Right, the reason I say so is because he's young, he's good physical stature, homegrown. Um, he started his career actually as a futsal player, so I know that he's got a good technical grounding, yeah, and he's played pretty much his whole career at Wolves in a back three, a left centre back in that back three. I mean, I'm just just looking at the profile of players who could potentially improve us that are already in the league. Because if they're already in the league, whilst they might come at a bit of a premium, they are used to the league, there's going to be very little adaptation sort of period. And, you know, they're playing in a role that they're kind of already used to. Whilst also being young and almost like impressionable, coachable, Almost like he, what he did to Bastoni when he was at Inter. Uh, I don't know. I'm just looking I hear at it. guys. I hear it. I'm just looking, I'm just looking at guys across the like league. Just because I, I think as well, like there's lots of, I don't know, I wouldn't say gems, but players that are there that could definitely make the step up given the chance. I feel like Ramsdale looks a lot better at Arsenal given the opportunity. I, I don't think Ben White has done terrible, you know, having made the jump uh, from Brighton to Arsenal. And I feel like there's lots of these deals where we kind of are looking at players outside of the league or pl- players who are, who are maybe, you know, maybe a bit older or players a bit more experienced in other leagues who don't have any grounding in the Premier League. But there's players here who, given the opportunity, a bit, a bit more coaching and the chance could maybe make the step up. I don't know. I've always looked, I've always liked him at Wolves. I've always liked how he, how he kind of plays. And to be honest with you, him and Cody have, have kind of been stalwarts this season. He's almost taken... Willie Bolly's place out in that team, to be fair, as well. So I don't know. It's just I was just looking at that game. I watched that game. I watched that game like on Monday night, and then I saw them a couple of weeks before that as well against Crystal Palace. Just thought he was he was a, he was a, he was okay, and he's, he's only twenty four as well. It's a shout. I don't like it on the basis of I just don't like it. There's yeah, not sure. there's not enough. Like I I would need some sort of assurance. I'm yeah, not. Yeah, yeah. I'm not really with the whole. Um, give them a chance, and you know, hopefully they will come good. Yes, the argument can be made that um, Ramsdale and uh, what's his name, uh, Ben White, have had a decent start to their careers um, at Arsenal, but um, for me, that's not enough because the the rebuttal to that is so did Deli Ali. True, true. We we all know how that ship sailed. So, um, well, I, I just did a little bit of research on him. But I said I I love a dark horse shout, and you've got to get your stocks in early for these kind of players. Uh, his contract runs out in twenty twenty six, so he's currently yeah. got just under four years on it. But his agent is not Jorge Mendes, so yeah, <laughs> I'm open to it. I'm open to it. Um, let's see, just moving swiftly on then to. Previewing our next uh, cluster of games, I guess our first cluster of games, uh, we're going to be going on to Morecambe and then we're going to be swiftly playing Chelsea for the second leg, uh, which will be at home in the Carabao Cup. Yeah. Um, well, so how would you manage the squad for that? Um, I think Morecambe should be a formality, to be honest, but how how close do we get to playing our first team in either of those games? Because for me, I want to prioritise the North London derby. Because if I see another performance of the, which mirrors the first half against Chelsea or any of our other big London derbies this season in the North London derby, again, then I'm gonna lose it. 
I'm gonna lose it. So um, <laughs> yeah, I'll start with you. How would you um, how would you set us up for Morecambe in Chelsea? Um, see, it's it's horrible because you can't even just put out a second string for Morecambe. I would um, okay. I'll, I'll say I actually say the lineup and get ready to laugh, but there's a reason why. So I'll go Galini and go. If he's still there, I'm not too sure if he's still yeah. in the club. Um, so I'll go Galini and go. I'll go um, right-sided centre-back Sanchez. I will go um, centre of the pack. I'll go Eric Dyer, actually, centre of the pack. And then I'll go left-sided centre-back, Joe Roden. I'll go left-wing uh, because he didn't play against Chelsea. Or I think he came on later. I can't remember. But I'll go left wing back, uh, regular or regular done. I'll go right wing back, variant. I'll go Hoiberg, centre mid, and Deli Ali. <laughs> I will go uh, Brian Hill because I feel he needs a, a game. He needs a run out. And... Um, no, I'll actually not tell her that. I'll go Bergwijn and then I'll go, yeah, Kane. Yeah, just just because Kane. Just Kane v. Morgan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be... Just, oh, just okay. to start. Just to start. Obviously, get the nah, goal. No, nah, no, nah, nah. I'm not, I'm not even, I'm not even but, risking it. But wait, I'm but not wait, even risking it. but wait. I'm not even risking it. Well, we can't, we can't play Son because it's not going to yeah. work. It, mm-hmm. We only in that system. We only have. Um, oh no, sorry. Yeah, it'd be a four, a three, four, three. So let, hold on, let me add one more. So it'd actually be actually tell a lie. It wouldn't be Kane because it's a three, four, three. So it'd be Hill, Lucas, Bergwijn. Now, now that I've given you that lineup, it's an absolutely horrific lineup, by the way. Half of those, no, a good percentage of those players, whatever percent you want to put on it, ninety, ninety-five percent, a hundred percent. This is their shop window match. Yeah, go out there, have your fun, <laughs> smash Morecambe as much as you want. Because from that day on, you should never be in this shirt again. Yeah. So Bergwijn, I feel like he's gonna get sold. So cool, sell it. Yeah. Rodon, this should be his last his last tenure running out as a Spurs player. He's done. Sanchez, hopefully his time will come and he gets sold. Variant. I hope that that match he scores two goals, gets an assist. A club look at him, <laughs> like Newcastle and is like, yo, he looks like he might be coming into some rich vein of form. Let's go get him. <laughs> you know, the same with Ali. I hope that he smashes it. I hope we kill Morecambe like 7 0 and these men like really do a great job. Not so that we keep them, so that other teams come in and be like, I see you, man, doing a little bit over there. Come over, do that over here. I hope. Are you hope, going yeah. Huh? Are you going on, on Sunday? No, nah, I can't even make it. Like, you know, I was going to oh, purchase okay. a last-minute ticket. And, um, yeah, nah, it's just impossible. Like, it's, it's actually too hard to even fit into the schedule. And that, that I would have loved to have been at that game because, on paper, it should be a, a an easy win. And I get to boo some of our players because I will boo very hard <laughs> if I was in the stadium. Listen, these men have to go. They have to go. I know we've said it in the chat. And, you know, a lot of men have, have argued the case that, you know, we're not going to get what we want. That's not the point. That's not why we're arguing. The argument has not come from getting what we want. The argument is we, we've we already gone way past the sell-by date with certain players. We've gone way past it. Some of these men are moldy, yeah? The green mold is full on display. And we're still trying to keep this bread out. Nah, big man, stop that, yeah? The bread should have gone in the bin 17 months ago, but it's still out. It's still beside your bread bin. Why? It's too moldy. You can't eat that. That's how you get ill. And we're ill. We're really ill. We need to get rid of this virus. No booster jabs. <laughs> well, I guess that's a good summary and preview of the Morkham game. Uh, Tops, how would you set us up for the second leg against Chelsea? I'd say we would. I'd say we go for it. We we. I'd say we go all out for it again. Um, Full first team. We're at home. 
Uh, we're at home. We have nothing to lose at this point now. Chelsea are going to want to shut up shop. So I would rather we went for it. And if after 60, 70 minutes, it's not looking like we're, we're going to turn the tie, then just bring off some of our key players um, for the game on Sunday. I think there's no, I think there's no harm in going for it. Um, it's a cup tournament. We're at home. We're going to have the crowd behind us. You know, crazily, I bought a ticket for the game on Tuesday, uh, just before the kickoff uh, last night, thinking, okay, you know what, we, we might have a chance. And then, you know, half an hour into the game, I'm ruining the money that I've spent on this stupid, stupid fucking ticket. <laughs> so either way, I'll be there. But I would just go a, a full team if we can. I still don't know the situation with Romero. Um, but hopefully by then, Dyer's returned, Regulon's returned. Um, and you know what? This time, I'd go. I'd go with the team that we that we went with against Liverpool. Against Liverpool, just go for it. Um, give ourselves maximum maximum amount of chances. Um, lots of attacking avenues through Son, Kane, and potentially those third runs from Ali. Um, get Skip playing. Get get sort of winks. Trying to play as forward thinking as possible and try and get our, our full-backs as high as possible. Um, I, I really just don't think in these games like this, you're ready to nail down. Uh, what's the point in being conservative, you know? Exactly that. And I think, yeah, the bare minimum we can obviously expect and we should expect is uh, a gutsy performance at least. And I know these are going to sound like, you know, probably a kind of Brexit buzzwords, but just a performance that we can actually be proud of, whether we subsequently lose, win, draw. I think we'll probably just end up drawing at home, but as long as the performance is good, proactive, brave and uh, and aggressive, then I will be satisfied. Absolutely. Because we, we need to set ourselves up well for, for the North London derby, to be honest, and um, obviously keep that push going for, for fourth, because honestly, as bleak as it looks, we're still somehow in the race. Come on, you Spurs, eh? Come on, you it's a, it's a real big one, you know. I, even I, I had, I spent uh, today catching up with a lot of the top touchline podcasts. Um, the mood at United is very, very kind of low. Very it's low. Toxic. What do you mean low? Good. Good. It's top <laughs> them, them man have got a revolt. Maguire's leading a revolt against Ronaldo. Yeah. Look at what I just told you. It's disgusting. But I, I listened to the Touch of Unis pod today and. So no, they all seem very, very confident over the road. They all seem extremely happy with where they are at the moment. That they're in a that they're also in a good moment, um, and lots of their players are playing kind of at a good at a good level. Although they will be without Obama Yang, who's not been in the squad. They will be without Partey, who's gone to Afcon as well. Um, but you know they've got a uh, Saka playing well and. Um, ESR performing when he needs to. Odegaard seems to come into a decent run of form. I think for me as well, that Arsenal game is a big one just because it kind of lays a marker for two teams who don't have any European commitment, trying to sort of return to the kind of points where they where 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 they usually have been in recent years. To be honest with you, so having been having been beaten so easily and so comfortably at, at Arsenal. Um, under Nuno, I think, like we did against Palace, we have to take that back in blood. We have to kind of revert and try and take as much as we can from them um, to give ourselves a chance with all the games that we have in hand uh, and keep just getting or grinding results out to try and push ourselves closer to that, that full position, you know? For sure. And, uh, yeah, be sure to lock in to us uh, next week when we preview that game. Uh, we'll try to do something a little bit special. I'm sure it'll be a spicy, spicy preview as well as a spicy game. But as for now, uh, thank you, Booker T, and thank you, Scott Hall, for for joining me on this fine evening. And um, obviously, Happy New Year to all our listeners out there. Catch us, catch us every Thursday for a live stream. Uh, we'll 
we call it some point in the evening uh the audio form still comes out every saturday check us out on the on the twitter and the instagram too we're doing a bit more work over there shout out um shout out dave who's been um smashing that out and uh yeah as for today thank you for joining us again and after the new spurs order peace 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 on debut, Tunge Ondombele has scored the equaliser for Spurs. Lucas Moura clips it. A great goal! Stephen Bergwijn has arrived in North London. That is absolutely incredible on debut. Oh yeah! Sports Social Podcast Network.